0: chapter 21 of overruled by pansy the Slibrivox recording is in the public domain chapter 21 brothers indeed the very next thing to be done said mr maxwell to the people who appeared next morning to get their orders is to get that child and her mother into cooler and more comfortable quarters no child could reasonably be expected to rally with such surroundings and the mother is utterly worn out with care and anxiety and the want of suitable food. Unless she is rested in some way, a six-week siege, and then probably a coffin, are just before her. Is there no provision save the poor house made in this town for the poor whom sickness disables? A hospital isn't exactly the place for the mother at present, though she will be a candidate for it if we wait long enough but i am told that your little hospital is overcrowded now what sort of provision ought there to be doctor it was the practical hannah who asked the question the doctor laughed such provision as has not been made i believe this side of heaven save for our very own there should be a home miss bramlett worthy of the name and half-time and cut wages and rum have made this father unable to furnish one what is that large building on the first hill beyond the factories it is an empty house said hannah bramlett eagerly it belongs to an old family who used to live here there is some trouble with the title and they can't sell it and no one wants to rent so large a place though the rent is very low how low hannah named a sum at which the doctor smiled incredulously you can't mean those figures miss bramlett yes she was quite certain of them she had wished so much that one of the girls in her class could be moved there for a while she had even tried to raise the necessary money but the girl had died before she accomplished it who will be a committee to secure a suitable bed and an easy chair or two and in short the necessary articles of furniture for the removal of this mother and child to that house to-morrow this question almost took hannah bramlett's breath away but the money she said eagerly and the brothers maxwell responded almost in the same breath the money will be forthcoming send the bills to my brother added the doctor with the merry look in his eyes suppose you drive to the agents at once leonard and see what terms you can make for a month say or two months no contagious disease if he succeeds the cleaning and furnishing part we will delegate to the ladies miss bramlett i think i will make you chairman that miss bramlett said the doctor as he drove home the next afternoon having settled his family as he called them in a great clean room in the breezy house on the hill is tingling to her fingers ends with suppressed energy it ought to be utilized you should have gone in leonard to see the room she arranged with such a trifle of money too i was astonished at the sum she returned to me she showed splendid sense not an unnecessary expenditure and yet real comfort poor mrs miller looked as though she thought it was heaven as she dropped into the big armchair. is my belief that that woman hasn't been really rested since her married life began i told that husband of hers that one glass of rum would keep him from crossing that door-sill so if he wanted to call upon his wife and child he must let it alone i think the poor wretch would do so if he thought he could the world has made it too easy for him to ruin himself and his family what do you think miss bramlett said as she surveyed the kitchen and closet where she had arranged all the little conveniences for cooking nourishing food i'd like to live here she exclaimed and make good wholesome things for people to eat and keep that room in there always ready for somebody who needed heartening up she looked positively handsome as she said it she ought to have some such chance too her life expresses power run to waste how would you like such a life as that he had suddenly lowered his voice and bent toward marjorie who occupied the seat with him Glyde douglas being in front with mr maxwell i would like to help she said earnestly i feel as though to help other lives was the only thing that made this life worth living but i don't know in just what way i could do it best i do he said i know just what you could accomplish i should like to plan your life for you there was a heightened color on marjorie's cheeks and she began eagerly to talk to Glyde about some additional comfort for the new house evidently she did not feel ready to have her life planned for her the next day a long-delayed storm held pleasure-seekers closely at home the first day that had been of necessity passed at home since dr maxwell came among them he it is true braved the weather and went to look after his family telling with great glee on his return that he had called for miss bramlett and taken her with him she is not one of your fair-weather philanthropists he added with a merry look for marjorie i found her simply delighted with an excuse for ministering again i'll tell you how it is with miss bramlett she missed her playtime altogether i know as well as i want to that she was a woman grown when she ought to have been a child and that big room up there that she has helped to make into a home is her plaything i'm charmed with the whole affair I'd like to keep her playing there for a lifetime. The evening closed in upon them, still stormy. The curtains were drawn early and the great reading lamp lighted. It was not an unpleasant experience, this quiet, cozy evening. They had a dozen plans for making it one of the most enjoyable that had come to them, but the doorbell ringing spoiled it all. Who can be coming to call on such a night? asked marjorie with a touch of impatience then as a voluble voice from the hall reached them she turned to her mother in dismay mama it is mrs kenyon must we have her come in here she will stay the entire evening and she is quite the worst gossip of all this last offered an explanation to the doctor have her in by all means he said gaily i delight in gossip no character on the whole affords a more racy study than a woman who talks because she cannot help it and when she has nothing to say invents something just as mrs edmonds had murmured i think we must receive her here daughter she is accustomed to it you know the caller pushed open the door and announced herself volubly as usual oh mrs edmonds how do you do and miss marjorie Good evening mr maxwell happy to know dr maxwell i am sure dear me how cosy you look here as though there wasn't any trouble in the world dreadful storm isn't it almost like march outside but i felt as though i must brave it to hear what you thought of the news perfectly dreadful isn't it i declare i never was so shocked though i may say i have been expecting it this good while at least expecting something of the kind i said to mr kenyon only last night you mark my words i said if there doesn't come a crash of some sort before long then my name isn't matilda kenyon even the liquor business i said can't stand everything such extravagance you know new lace curtains only last week and she almost a bride yet one may say it is the wife that has ruined him i shall always stick to that you see i've been in a position to know a good deal about her goings on weren't you awfully astonished mrs edmonds and miss marjorie i expected to find her quite cut up about it so intimate as they have been though to be sure she has other things to think about now if report is to be believed you are taking us entirely by surprise mrs kenyon it was really mrs edmonds's first chance for a word we have not heard any distressing news of late she tried not to look at her daughter's glowing cheeks and to speak in her normal usual gentle tone but her words were like an electric shot to the newsmonger you don't say you haven't heard of it why where have you kept yourselves all day i know it's been stormy but i saw him go out with an emphatic inclination of her head toward the doctor and i made sure he would bring you back the news somehow i expected you to hear of it first thing you've been so intimate and you really don't know that he has been took up for forgery yes indeed a plain case and he's in jail this minute mr kenyon says he doesn't believe anybody can be found to go bail for him it wouldn't be safe you see such a fellow as he has proved to be would take to leg-bail as they say in a hurry just think of it behind prison bars to-night while we all sit here so comfortable i'm sorry for his poor father especially being he's so feeble but i must say i haven't any great sympathy for his wife she has brought it all on herself marjorie moved across the room and laid her hand on the talker's arm mrs kenyon won't you tell us about whom you are talking my patience child how you frightened me haven't i told you who it was i thought i had and anyway i supposed you'd know without my telling why it's ralph bramlett of course there is no other townsman of ours i should hope that could disgrace us so child you look like a ghost visions of tales that she would tell to eager listeners must have begun at once to float through mrs kenyon's brain for she became somewhat distraught although mr maxwell held her steadily to talk in order to shield marjorie as much as possible from her further observation he fancied he could hear her saying now you mark my words that girl is just as fond of him as she ever was for all he is a married man and she has two or three others dancing after her she turned as white as a sheet when i told her the news and i thought she was going to faint this was so much mrs kenyon's style of talk that it required no very great stretch of imagination to set her at it marjorie had dropped back into the shadow of the cosy corner dr maxwell bent over her speaking low it is undoubtedly exaggerated such stories always are he has perhaps fallen into some financial difficulties from which we can help to rescue him it is too late tonight to see the proper persons but the very first thing in the morning leonard and i will see what can be done thank you she said her lips still very white he was the playmate of my childhood and i have known his wife ever since we both were babies it is awful is there nothing that we can do in the meantime dr maxwell yes he said as christian people i think there is are you willing that i should suggest it here and now before that woman retires only half understanding yet trusting him fully she said simply if you think so dr maxwell at once turned to the others mrs edmonds he said if i understand the situation an old acquaintance of yours has fallen into deep trouble not only that but he is a member of the church of christ and in that sense our brother can we do better for him to-night than ask god to lead into the best ways for helping him and his in a very few minutes thereafter one astonished woman's mouth was effectually closed and she was on her knees listening to as earnest a prayer for ralph bramlett as ever fell from human lips whatever else those prayers may have accomplished they silenced mrs kenyon and sent her home early and thoughtful perhaps there was given to her a new idea that there was something better to do for people in trouble even though that trouble was caused by sin than to sit tearing open the wounds that sin had made merely to gape at them after the brothers had gone to their room that evening dr maxwell was strangely silent for him he stood staring out of the window into the blackness for some minutes without speaking suddenly he turned with a question can it be possible that such a glorious creature as she threw away her heart's wealth on that fellow if you mean ralph bramlett said mr maxwell no she threw it away years ago on an ideal and lost that when she lost her respect for him they were not engaged but pledged she would have been loyal but he deserted her and so opened her eyes but she is true true as steel he was her childhood friend and she must always suffer for his sins She believes that he will yet turn to God, but her faith is having hard blows. Dr. Maxwell drew a long breath like one relieved. Thank you, he said. How well you understand her! Have you any encouragement for me? She is capable of the holiest love, but am I the one to awaken it? You know how it is with me, brother. When I first came here, I thought you must certainly have found your ideal i do not yet understand how you and she for that matter could have helped becoming all in all to each other but i thank god that neither of you see it in that light tell me leonard could i not in some time make her willing to become your sister mr maxwell was bending over his writing-case seemingly searching for some important paper he continued to search for a full minute then he turned and looked at his brother and his smile was sweet to see that is a sort of joy with which not even a brother must intermeddle is it not he said i can only say as i have said of every effort of your life thus far god bless you on his face was the look strongly marked that made others think he must certainly be the older brother the doctor came forward quickly and grasped his hand that is true he said impulsively never was better brother born than i possess it would go hard with me old fellow to run against your wishes in any way i held my breath for the first day or two until i understood it might seem strange to some persons that i should have known my own mind so suddenly but that is my way you know I wrote to mother, the night before I came here, in response to some of her motherly anxieties, that I never had seen the woman whom for five consecutive seconds I had desired to make my wife, and I told her in good faith that since there was a popular prejudice against a man marrying his mother, I thought I should have to remain single, and twenty-four hours afterwards I should have had to write her a different story. We are strange beings, aren't we? five minutes afterwards the two were consulting earnestly as to the best ways of managing the effort that they meant to make for ralph bramlett at the earliest possible hour an outsider would not have known that either of them had been strongly moved chapter twenty one